0: This is Ham College, Episode 28, for April 30th, 2017. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. May is full of excitement at ICOM, the new ID 4100A, giveaways, and a trip to Japan. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. Good evening welcome to another exciting episode of <laughs> Ham College. I'm George. I'm Tommy. Actually I'm Professor Thomas. I'm Dean Martin. And Dean Martin, that green helmet you're wearing over yeah, there is... Uh, it's got my uh, logo on it. Yeah. It does. I'm surprised that it didn't key out. It's not green. It is green. No, not that. I'm talking about the... Uh, oh, the helmet? It's yep.
1: a different color green. Yep. Different shade.
0: So... As you can guess, there there could be falling objects during the show tonight.
1: Yeah, so if you hear somebody holler headache, run. Yep, They'll get under something quick.
0: Well, what did we talk about? Oh, I do want to mention before we go any further is that, you know, anytime we're doing a show live, we've got a chat room going on over dot AmateurLogic.tv slash chat. Uh, tell them more about that, Tommy. Stall while I... Uh,
1: yeah, you can uh, you can catch us over there. Uh log in. You can g- actually get to that link from live.amateurlogic.tv, the one we usually post, that'll get you another link to get into the chat room. Uh if you also if you have an IRC client, you can get on freenode.net and the channel is amateurlogic. Okay.
0: And we actually got in there right now. We're we're watching people in there. Uh We can't repeat everything they say, though.
1: Well, it does say the show needs more hats. Well, we got one more. Yep. But we're going to give that one to to, somebody in a little bit here. Yep, so somebody will be able to participate next month in the hat.
0: Well, last month we talked about safety.
1: It looks like we may be going to talk some more about that. Uh, It could be. There's a good chance we could. We're geared up for it. Well, why don't we get directions. on into the hold, hold questions. On. Well, hold on just a minute here.
0: Oh, the earplugs? Yeah, you you may not hear them holler headache if you've got those in. Oh, I better leave yeah, them better, out then. Better leave those off. Well, first question here, Tommy, I think I, I'm going to ask you this one. Okay. It just seems like it'd be a good question for you.
1: I'm not sure I'm going to wear this hat through the whole show. I, I'm, no, I'm not either.
0: But I was going to leave it on to the first questions over. since uh, is it, da- it must it, be it a dangerous question. It could be question. related. Yeah. We don't want any accidents. What is a good precaution to observe before climbing an antenna tower? A, make sure that you wear a grounded wrist strap.
1: B, remove all tower grounding connections. C. Put on a climbing harness and safety glasses, or D. All of these choices are correct. Okay, so A. Make sure you wear a grounded wrist strap. You're on. You're going to actually be on the tower, mm-hmm. so I don't think you're really going to be gra- worried about uh, wearing a grounded wrist strap no, in those circumstances. Either. Remove all tower grounding connections. That's that doesn't sound like a good idea either. Put on the climbing harness and safety glasses? I'm thinking that's where my money's going on this one. And D is not gonna be it because I already said I don't think A or B are it. So my answer is C, Charlie.
0: So you're saying it's C.
1: I'm saying it's C, It's my final answer.
0: That's what they're guessing over in the chat. Put on the climbing
1: harness and and safety glasses. So you've got
0: your safety glasses here. Those aren't really safety glasses.
1: Well, let's see what I've got in my hat here. Uh are you going to pull a rabbit out? Could. I could pull a pair of safety glasses out. Oh, okay. I just so happen to keep them in there. All okay. right, let's see what we've got. You look like Bono now. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually my stuff I wear at work sometimes, my regular my regular job.
0: Put on a climbing harness and safety glasses. All right, you we nailed up. that one, brother. Okay. And obviously... The order that the questions are going to come up here tonight don't match what I've got here on my cheat sheet. Oh, so
1: there's no cheating for
0: you. No cheating for me because I thought we were going to be talking about these hard hats we're wearing. Did you? I did. I mean, I swear. Oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we could talk about them. We could. It's a nice hat you've got.
0: Yeah. Well, let's move on to the next (laughs) one here. We'll
1: eventually get to the hard hats. Under what circumstances is it safe to climb a tower without a helper or observer? A, when no electrical work is being performed.
0: B, when no mechanical work is being performed.
1: C, when the work being done is not more than 20 feet above the ground.
0: Or D, never. And I think that one's easy enough to figure out right there, Tommy. I'm going to say... You- it's never safe to climb when you don't have a helper or an observer because you could have an accident or something on the tower and there would be nobody to call for help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And that's that's what everyone else is saying here. So let's see. Never. Okay. I'm just looking here. Is that a Hall Sound hard hat? Yes, it is. Well, it has a Heil logo on it, to be honest. um, Mine's a Post-it
1: hard hat. Yeah.
0: It's not really a Heil Sound hard hat. Although, you could wear one while you were operating uh, a Heil Sound microphone.
1: But they're safe enough that you don't have to wear one.
0: Usually. Depends on who's operating. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's move on to the next one here. When should members of a tower work team wear a hard hat and safety glasses? A, at all times except when climbing the tower.
1: B, at all times except when being belted firmly to the tower.
0: C, at all times when any work is being done on the tower.
1: Or D, only when the tower exceeds 30 feet in height. What do you think? I'm gonna say it's gonna be C. All times when any work is being done on the tower, we, I, I just believe in Eric. You know, taking the most safe, taking the most safe route you can. I, I think mm-hmm. that's right. I hope that's right. I think that's
0: right. Let's see. Everyone else is saying it's right. So there you go. Any time any work's being done on the tower, and that that makes good sense. Sure. Even the guys that are climbing the tower should wear hard hats as well. Mm-hmm. And one thing and I'm not sure if that comes up in the questions here, but their hard hat also needs to have a, a strap a chin on, strap. It. Yeah. So, yeah, so it doesn't fall off.
1: I, yeah, actually, or somebody's hard hat's going to be protecting from a hard hat.
0: Yeah, someone then, might on the ground might sense. be wearing one upside down, which would
1: yeah. not be. Yeah, that, that makes good not sense. very good. What is the purpose of a gin pole? A, to temporarily replace sky wires.
0: B, to be used in place of a safety harness. C,
1: to lift tower sections or antennas. Or D, to provide a temporary ground. Hmm.
0: What is the purpose of a gin pole? So it's nothing to do with drinking.
1: It's not for passing it no. down the bar.
0: Not to pass it down the bar. I hit the button too quick there, Tommy. Well, I think
1: I'm going to guess on this one. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Can I I give you a little clue? You already did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not to be used in place of a safety harness or to provide a temporary ground. It's it's used to lift sections of the tower or the antenna, and that's what everyone's good here. There we go. There's a gin pole right there the guys are standing on a tower the guy in the red jumpsuit is right on top of the tower that thing that looks like a tower section mounted off to the right of the tower that's the gym pole and at the top up there there's a pulley on it and then there's a rope that comes down to the ground and that's how you lift things up to put them on
1: top of that's the tower yeah i've always understood the concept but i've never actually seen one mm-hmm. in use that's a pretty big one there you, Usually most of the ones we'd
0: use in uh, Ham Radio are just going to be like a, a single pipe rather than what looks like a tower section there.
1: So how do you actually fasten that to the to the tower? Um, so that bolts on
0: to the legs of the tower. You can't see it in the photo there. And some of them are, are what they call walking gin poles to where you, know, you can get the, the gin pole to move up each time you replace a tower section, you can kind of walk it up, you know, one of the
1: outside legs to, or two of them to so get you bolt, to the next. But you bolt it on. That's a, yeah. that's a pretty labor-intensive thing it if you've got much of a tower to put up then. It is,
0: but uh, could you imagine picking up a tower section and setting it on top? No. So we can take off the hard hats now because we've done that.
1: We've already got the extra hairdo going on yeah. here.
0: Which of the following is an important safety rule to remember? When using a crank up tower a this type of tower must never be painted
1: b this type of tower must never be grounded c
0: this type of tower must never be climbed unless it is in the
1: fully retracted position d all of these choices are correct okay a this type of tower must never be painted i I don't think that's true b this type of tower must Never be grounded, and I'm sure that's not true because you always want to ground.
0: Mm-hmm. Unless the tower itself is a radiator, which is not, not too common for amateur stuff.
1: And then, well, that's going to rule out D again, so that's the that C is going to be the answer. This type of tower must never be climbed unless it is in the fully retracted position. Okay.
0: I, I'm on. Agree with you. <coughs> Everyone, the ch-
1: well, there was a D in
0: the chat room, and you could almost see why somebody might would say it could never be painted. Yeah, but not that it should never be grounded. That's a, you know, it g- generally would be grounded.
1: Yeah, a crank-up tower. Yeah.
0: There you go, Tommy. So would you, one ever, would you
1: ever have a, cr- a crank-up tower that is a radiator? But I don't I think, wouldn't think it
0: would be highly unusual
1: yeah I, w- I wouldn't um, think so yeah
0: so. a m broadcast stations that their towers are are often sitting on insulators. we've looked at that before, I don't know if it was here or if it was on Amateur mm-hmm. Logic. yeah, and the guy wires have insulators in them because the tower itself is the antenna and it radiates but
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can do that with ham radio, not you know it's not real common but you know, it does make a nice vertical antenna for say 160 meters, or, mm. or possibly for 80 meters. But
1: uh, it would be a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And And the, I guess the reason you don't want to climb it if it's extended is because you're basically going to be relying on your weight on a piece of cable. Right.
0: Well, that and uh, you know what if what if it slips. And you've got a hand through there, or something. You know, it's going to chop oh, an yeah. arm right oh, off. Oh yeah,
1: would be highly dangerous.
0: You know, be very, very dangerous. So, actually, that field day episode, I think it was the first field day I episode. That. Do you remember, I remember, the, remember
1: the guy that. climbing? The cl- I do remember that. And
0: it just so happens that guy was a professional tower climber.
1: Yeah, but and he, he knew he better. He knew better. But shortcuts, shortcuts are no excuse. You don't want yeah. to shortcut your own safety. Or someone else's. No, you don't.
0: Well, we'll be back in just a moment because we've got to regroup here a little bit, get a couple more things ready to go. But first, let's pay a few bills with the help of our friends from ICOM. Adventures await a new radio, giveaways, and a trip to Japan. May is full of excitement at ICOM. You don't want to miss out. A compact and smart design, the ID4100A is the perfect D-Star companion for all the journeys ahead. Its intuitive interface, variety of operating modes, and Bluetooth capability make this the perfect D-Star option for adventure seekers. Integrated GPS receiver, new dot matrix display for enhanced DR mode and GPS information, terminal mode and access point mode, applications for iOS and Android devices, and a microSD card slot for voice and data storage. Calling all hams. Enter the iCom America Hamster to Japan Sweepstakes today for a chance to win an iCom radio or even an unforgettable experience to attend the 2017 Tokyo Ham Fair. Make sure you come back and enter each week to be eligible for each radio drawing. You don't want to
1: miss out on this sweepstakes.
0: Visit iComAmerica.com/amateur for more information on iCom radios.
1: Speaking of iCom, look what just showed up.
0: It's another hat. It's timely. Yeah. Oh, hat number two. Okay. An Icon ball cap and an Icon and
1: a, ham, ham, crew ham, ham crew t-shirt. And I can still say i got to hit right up for my other shirt here. Yeah. Good looking shirt. they spot you at Hamvention with that. If you yep. wear that, people, nobody will miss you. Yep. They'll be able to pick you up. I guess that didn't sound good. (laughs) Nobody's going to miss you. (laughs) (laughs) That was a poor choice of words, wasn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Why don't we give those away, Tommy? Why don't we?
0: I think we will. You know, we, we do a drawing with each episode of Ham College. We'll do a drawing for just that exact hat and that exact t shirt, but. They will send you new ones.
1: You notice this one doesn't have a sticky note over the front.
0: No, it, of it doesn't. Well, the way that you win is you send us an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv and we'll do a random drawing. You don't have to be a ham. Uh, you don't have to have a call sign. You don't have to answer a question. All you gotta do is send us an email and say All you gotta have is an uh, address to receive it. That's it. They didn't and uh, the winner didn't even put an address on here. But that doesn't matter because the folks That'll at ICOM be. will be contacting him to get his address. And our winner for this month is Thomas KN4BZT. And he said, I would like to enter the drawing and to thank you guys for helping me pass the tech and general exams in one sitting. Awesome. Ah, congratulations, Thomas. They'll be getting you out uh, a hat and a t-shirt along with some other goodies right away from ICOM. And uh, the rest of you, why don't you enter? Just send us an email at AmateurLogic.tv. We'll throw your name in the hat. We don't save the entries. We don't do any bulk emailing or anything.
1: Nobody, Nobody's going to get your email address. It's solely no. used just for this uh, the shirt and the cap purpose. giveaway here.
0: And each time we, we draw it, we delete them all. We don't
1: Keep records or anything. Actually, even ICOM only gets the one winner. The one winner. So, um, join in. Send yep. us an email. Got nothing to lose. Yep. you got everything to gain. Mm-hmm. Every hat, shirt we've got here.
0: We do. So cool. Okay, Tommy. I guess it's. Uh, I don't know who's going to ask who this question. I mm-hmm. think I ask you the last one. Okay. Maybe. Then I'll do it. Okay. What you got?
1: What is considered to be a proper grounding method for a tower? A. A single 4-foot ground rod driven into the ground no more than 12 inches from the base. B. A ferrite core RF choke connected between the tower and ground. C. Separate 8-foot long ground rods for each tower leg bonded to the tower and each other.
0: Or D. A connection between the tower base and a cold water pipe. Well, I know the answer, the correct answer here. Well,
1: the one, I see the one that makes the most sense. Now, you know, a lot of people might think that
0: a cold water pipe would do it because, you know, we've always heard to hook the ground on a radio to a cold water pipe. I mean, if you hadn't got anything else, you can do that, but that's not really it's not sufficient ideal. ground. And then you, you could be in, uh, introducing lightning into your house through the plumbing yeah, system. Not to which... mention
1: most of them don't even have metal pipes anymore anyway.
0: True. Um, a, a single four-foot ground rod driven into the ground no more than 12 inches from the base of the tower. Four-foot ground rod's not really long That's enough. pretty shallow. That is pretty shallow. Um, B, a ferrite core RF choke connected between the tower and ground. No, that's just a ferrite bead. That uh, it's not going to really help you at all. So the one that sounds uh, kind of over the top is actually correct. It's C. Separate 8 foot long ground rods for each tower leg bonded to the tower and to each other. And that's... What everybody's saying over there. Yeah, in the chat if you think room.
1: about that, that's a that's a lot of ground. That is, but but you got a lot of surface lot of there. Yep.
0: There you go. There, give me my ceremonial. There you go. Through. You got it, man. Okay. You earned that one. Yep. And we just protected ourselves from lightning a little bit in the process.
1: That's always a good day.
0: <laughs> yeah. Not that you can be 100% protected when it comes to lightning, but...
1: No, but you need you to can do your do. due diligence. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, you'd be better off for
0: it. And I need to rush out there after the show tonight and put two more ground rods in out to the Oops. <laughs> out to my little tower out right there. Okay, well, let me ask you one, Tommy. Which oh. of the following is true concerning grounding conductors used for lightning protection?
1: A. Only non-insulated wire must be used. B. Wires must be carefully routed with precise right angle bends.
0: C. Sharp bends must be avoided.
1: D. Common grounds must be avoided. Hmm. Which of the following is true concerning grounding conductors used for lightning protection? Only non-insulated Wires must be carefully routed with precise. Okay. Uh, Non-insulated wire is not required. B, wires must be carefully routed with precise right angle bends. You don't want the right angle bends in there. You want a direct route. Mm -hmm. Uh, C, sharp bends must be avoided. I think that's going to be the one. D common grounds must be avoided. No, uh, C is going to be the answer. Sharp bends must be avoided. You don't really want. You don't really want to a, write a, a sharp bend in it. For some, no. for some, not other. a good idea. Lightning doesn't like to go around
0: that. But let's see if we're right. Well, there you go. Let's just eked by on that one. Just barely, but you got it. <laughs> Let's just take a look at some materials we might use for grounding here. Uh, a real common one there is that bare copper
1: on the yeah. bottom. Yeah, this is used a lot in your for your house electrical wiring.
0: Yeah, and you'll you'll see it used on towers. But you don't want it occasionally like that. Too. No, you don't want to do that to it. Lane doesn't like to go around those sharp corners as much. Uh, you can also use insulated wire. It doesn't have to be non-insulated. This is some stranded. I can't even read what gauge that is there. That's probably. Uh, it, lo- it looks like, like uh, an eight or ten. six. It looks like ten. That's bigger than ten, I think. Anyway, if you're going to use insulated wire, eight, then generally you'll want to use uh-huh. greens to identify it as being ground. Of course, when you. Hold it over here, Tommy. Wait, it's, 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 transparent, it's transparent wire. Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> that is kind of trippy, isn't it? <laughs> it's actually the same color as that green screen behind us. But yeah. If you're going to use insulated wire, boy, it just like almost
1: disappeared there. Which hand is it in? <laughs> okay. Okay. You can get carried away with that. Yeah. <clears throat>
0: Uh, Another good thing that you can use is this grounding braid here. You know, this stuff is used a lot. I've got all my ham gear over there in the rack has uh, pieces of, of, well, this same size of braid connected to it. Mm -hmm. And then they all connect together and they go to a copper strap. Something similar to this? Something similar to that would work good.
1: This, this is. I was looking at this earlier. That's nice.
0: That is nice. That's from DX Engineering there. Good uh, heavy duty. Got the bolt bus. connectors in there mm-hmm. for it. Very yeah. nice. Now now this braid, I don't recommend this stuff for outdoor use because it just doesn't last that great, but for indoor use and mobile use, this stuff is is really good choice. Uh, probably the best though, and you'll see this used most at broadcast stations and this is what I'm using here on my ham shack, is copper strap. You can get it in a variety of sizes and thicknesses. Uh, this stuff right here is is probably your best choice. It's a little more expensive, and it's not as easy to find. I bought this from uh, Georgia Copper. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's, you know, it's good stuff. That's. Like I say, it's kind of like a standard in the broadcast industry. We use yeah. this.
1: I see uh, that stuff looks like uh, you might be wise to use a pair of gloves when you're using that stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, uh,
0: you could cut yourself pretty easy with this stuff here. Uh, it is, you know, it is good stuff and uh, some of the best. And the reason is because when, when we're talking about uh, electricity uh, and RF signals, uh, well, first... We've got what we call the skin effect, mm-hmm. and so uh, tell us what the skin effect is, Tommy.
1: Well, it's most most of the current's going to be, I think, around the outside of the mm-hmm. the wire instead of on the inside. So you've got more surface yeah. for that than you do for this.
0: Right. It, it's more surface area, and since you know we're we're flowing on the outside mm-hmm. edge, there's more outside edge here. Uh,
1: That's so, what I said. Yep.
0: Yeah. Same thing with that copper braid there. It yep. you know it works pretty good for that yeah. too because
1: uh, you know it's a lot lot more outside edge. What size is this braid? Somebody was asking.
0: That is uh, half inch. Cool. Uh, one half by point oh three oh inches. And I bought this spool here it had sixty feet on it. This is actually some from work that uh, I happen to have out in the truck. And I just brought it in so we could, could look at it here. Uh, you know, you can use this stuff of work. You know, if that's all you got, use it. Uh it's certainly better than than mm-hmm. not
1: having anything. But use a good a good gauge. Yeah, you know, they make, they make gauge. some a lot bigger than this. You can get yeah. the, like the Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that. Mm-hmm. Grounding. We've got more to talk about on grounding. Let's let's take one more. It's such a
0: controversial it it is kind of controversial, you know. I've gotten in trouble t- talking about it before on Ham Nation, so we always try to avoid the subject whenever possible. <laughs> yeah. But sooner or later, we got to talk well, about it's it. It's time. It's time. Oh, another thing uh, that was misleading here on one of these answers, Tommy. It said you should uh, common grounds must be avoided. That is absolutely incorrect. You want everything that's grounded to be commonly grounded at the same ground potential Mm -hmm. if not when lightning strikes it's going to look and say hmm this thing looks different than all the rest i think i'll go that way oh yeah yep uh so if if everything is at the same ground potential or is in common then you know the lightning is is going to more or less have uh, more areas to dissipate but if there's one that it thinks that this is looks better to me than all these others. Then it's going to take the full
1: brunt of it, and hmm. um, you know, not not it's, good. Light, lightning is a strange thing; has mm-hmm. a mind of its own. Even though, even though current will flow through this wire, been at a forty-five or ninety-degree angle mm-hmm. or whatever, it, but lightning doesn't seem to yeah. look like it is well, as well.
0: It kind of adds an impedance to mm-hmm. it, you know. It just does,
1: doesn't flow as well. Yep. Pretty interesting. Which of the following establishes grounding requirements for an amateur radio tower or antenna? A. FCC Part 97 rules. B. Local electrical codes. C. FAA tower lighting regulations.
0: Or D. Underwriters Laboratories recommended practices. Well, this one could trip you up here if you weren't careful on this question this particular question here. Um, No, the the FCC does not specify in Part 97 uh, our grounding requirements for a tower or an antenna. Um, Underswriter Laboratories may have something to say about grounding, but they don't establish the requirements that we've got to follow. Uh, Neither does the FAA Tower Lighting Regulations. They, you know, FAA is the the ones who set the tower lighting rules, mm-hmm. but they don't they don't specify any uh, laws that we have to follow about grounding. However, in most anything to do with uh, uh, electrical circuits, it's your local electrical codes yeah. that take priority over just about everything. It, else. It, w- it would
1: be real easy to get tripped up on that one. It would be. But uh, we didn't
0: uh, really trip up anybody in the chat room there. So they they all said it was B, local electrical codes. I think we're all right on that. Cool. There we go. Way to go, chat room. Way to go. Okay, Tommy, with that, I think it's time I've got to load up another set of questions here.
1: Okay. And what do I need to do, sing the theme song? You can
0: sing the theme song, or we can get a message from another great place to study for your amateur radio exam. I'd say, well, let's do that. And maybe even we'll have a little entertainment
1: mixed in with that. Entertainment's good.
0: Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, hamstudy.org has helped new and existing hams To familiarize himself with the question pools, use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam. There's a Frisbee disc for different reasons. For individual, team, and disc golf competitions. There's a Frisbee disc for different seasons. For windy flights. And a glowing disc for warm summer nights. There's a Frisbee disc for a new friend and an old friend. And there's a great new thing. A Frisbee brand flying ring. Season of Reason, pick your Frisbee disco
1: ring, and pick up on the fun and freedom. Frisbee brand products, made only by wham
0: Mr. Titchener, I'm concerned about my Ethel. Instead
1: of a nice young man, all she's interested in is one of your cars. Hard to believe, Mama. 198 cubes, 3.4-inch bore, four main bearings. It ought to be easy on gas. Mr. Titchener, may I give it my own little test now? Give it the works, Ethel. The duster's big enough to take it. I like the torsion bar suspension with the lateral control arms. And the body, reinforced by steel girders, welded into a single unit. No wonder it's so popular. And the size, small enough for tight little spaces. Mr. Tichina, what kind of a young man would be attracted to this slim duster pan? The duster, Mama? Why, an engineer would love it. An engineer I got, what I need now is a son-in-law. Oh, we've gone bananas for big banana in crayon. You learn to write a lot of ways. (laughs) Oh, we've gone bananas for big banana in crayon. The colors are so bright and gay. Oh, you can learn to color, write smooth lines or fat. (laughs) Draw a banana and... Give it a hat. Okay, Bunch, you'll go. Banana! Perfect banana in Crayon!
0: Nine Lives presents Morris.
1: The castle's almost finished, Your Majesty.
0: Good. Reserve the dungeon for yourself.
1: Here's the enchanted tower.
0: This is her second childhood today.
1: Hungry, Morris? Lower the drawbridge. I'm leaving. Don't be finicky. There's Nine Lives. Bark. The sea winds bring a message. Liver and chicken, savory stew.
0: Nine Lives savory stew. Mm. Nine Lives. Nutritious foods cats really like. Even Morris. Only fit for a king, Nine Lives. I know my own needs, and what I need from an automobile I know I get from this new Cordoba. I could ask for nothing beyond the quality of Cordoba's workmanship, the tastefulness of its appearance. I request nothing beyond the thickly cushioned luxury of seats
1: available even in soft Corinthian leather. Yet, it is on the highway where Cordoba best answers my demands. I have much more in this small Chrysler than great comfort at a most pleasant price. I have great confidence, for which there can be no price. In Cordoba, I have what I need. This Corinthian leather feels really good. Boy, it does, doesn't it? It hits the spot. It's right out of a Cordoba.
0: Yeah. Actually, these are right out of... uh... Office Depot in, in, in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas Nevada. Yeah. I remember
1: when we bought yep. these things.
0: Yep. You can't just find Corinthian leather chairs anywhere. No, nope.
1: We went <laughs> we went thousands of miles to get these chairs. We did.
0: And spent hundreds of dollars to have
1: them shipped back. <laughs> yeah, it's for, really, 40, for $49, really. $49 chairs. For $49 chairs.
0: We threw away, I don't know how many of these oh, over yeah. the years.
1: Everybody that works at GES in Las Vegas has probably got a set of these chairs at home.
0: Yeah. Tommy and I uh, used to exhibit at the National Association of Broadcasters conventions every year in
1: Vegas. and We bought a lot of chairs to, to go in the booze. And it, well, it's cheaper to buy them out there than to ship them out yep. and then ship them back. So we'd buy them and then ship them, them one way. Yep. Or rent them. Yeah. Yeah. So we we've
0: let, left a lot of money in Vegas. I've right? actually got right in two in the of slums. these at
1: home too, but they're those blue ones, the mm-hmm. fabric on them. Yeah. I've Same still got two just, uh, them. I've still got two of them. We use at home sometimes. Yeah. They're not Corinthian leather though.
0: No, they're not. But
1: it's, uh, <laughs> it's more like an <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's probably what this is. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if this is real leather
1: or not. I'm pretty sure it's not for forty nine dollars. <laughs> No. Yep.
0: All right. Okay, next one here. I'm going to ask you this one. Okay. Which of the following is good practice when installing ground wires on a tower for lightning protection? A. Put a loop in the ground connection
1: to prevent water damage to the ground system. B. Make sure that all bins in the ground wires are clean, right angle bins. C. Ensure that connections are short and direct. D, all of these choices are correct. And I can tell you now, D, is, they're not all correct. Put a loop in the ground connection to prevent water damage. That's going to be incorrect. Mm-mm. You don't want a right-angle bend you don't want, or a loop. No, you just want, well, let's go on through the rest of them. Make sure that all bends in the ground, ground wires are clean, right-angle bends. You don't, again, like you said, you don't want any right-angle bends. Mm-mm. Ensure that all connections are short and direct. And that's going to be the answer, C, Charlie. Yep. So there, you want to get the shortest, straightest path to ground that you can get. You don't want to worry about making loops, bends, routing it around in a real pretty manner. Just mm-hmm. straight as you can get Straight as you can get it. Everyone agrees with you.
0: You got that one
1: right, Tommy. <laughs> okay, next one here. And these these are, a lot of these are really common sense if you think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, But they do have some answers that would try
0: to trip you up.
1: Yeah, they do. What factors affect the RF exposure of people near an amateur station antenna? A, frequency and power level of the RF field. B, distance from the antenna to a person. C, radiation pattern of the antenna. Or D, all of these choices are correct. Well, let's see.
0: What factors affect the RF exposure of people near an amateur station antenna?
1: Yeah, we've got a few uh, different answers in the chat. The
0: power level of the RF field. Yeah, you would think that frequency and power would have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh B distance from the antenna to a person. That's got something to do with it. And C the radiation pattern of the antenna. Yeah, if the all the radiation was going this way, but you were standing over there, it, it wouldn't be this. Strong. Yeah, if there's
1: a big knoll and you were standing yeah. there, you may be Yep.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say all of these choices are correct. What are they? Uh E. E, yeah. We don't have an E, so most everybody said it was a D, though. And it is. All of those choices are correct. Those are all things to take into consideration when you are evaluating your RF exposure. Yep. Okay, next question here. Why do exposure limits vary with frequency? A. a Lower frequency RF fields
1: have more energy than high frequency fields. B. Lower frequency RF fields do not penetrate the human body. C. Higher frequency RF fields are transient in nature. D, the human body absorbs more RF energy at some frequencies than at others. And this one's mine, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I, you I sure? Notice how I, I chose that especially yeah. for you. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Lower frequency fields have more energy than... Uh, I don't think that's going to be re- relevant. Lower frequency RF fields do not penetrate the human body. That's false. I think they all penetrate to some. It's just going to be a different degree. Mm-hmm. Higher frequency fields are transient in nature. Human body, that's going to be D. The human body absorbs more RF energy at some frequencies than at others. And, you know, that that makes sense. We know it's not the
0: same in all bands. Um, but that one just kind of leaves it open. It doesn't really specify which particular frequencies, but just that some will absorb more into the body than others. And I'm going to go with you, Tommy. I think it's D, and that's what most everyone's saying over there in the chat room. Well,
1: I must have done good then. Yep. Made me work for that one. I was, okay. I, did. I was a little worried about that when mm-hmm. we first saw it.
0: I thought I was going to put my hat on up. I heard hat back here. Yeah, yeah.
1: me too. <laughs> okay, you got one for me? Uh, sure, I just happen to have one right here. Oh, and this is, I'm glad you got this one. Ooh. Which of the following frequencies has the lowest value for maximum permissible exposure limit? A, 3.5 megahertz. Hmm, B 50 megahertz. C 440 megahertz. RD 1296 megahertz. That's very precise.
0: Oh, gee, you know, and I didn't really um, I didn't really research the answer to this one, Tommy.:
1: Well, this should be fun. So,
0: yeah, this should be fun. I hope we get a buzzer. Which of the following frequencies? Um, Everybody's rooting for the buzzer, I'm sure. Has the lowest value for maximum
1: permissible exposure. Which, I'm assuming that means the least, uh, uh, you probably need to be farther away or less time Mm -hmm. exposed to it. 3.5 megahertz, which
0: is going to be down around uh, 75 meters. meters. Uh, B, 50 megahertz, which would be 6 meters. C, 440 megahertz, which would be 70 centimeters. Or D, 1296 megahertz, which is, what is that, 20 centimeters band, I think? I don't know, sure. And I'm just going to be honest here, Tommy. I, I am wrong on this one. It's never happened before. I just happened to see the right answer here, but it's not what I was going to say. So we I don't think the buzzer's ever gone off on me before on the show.
1: Oh, yeah? Well, what yeah. was going
0: to be your answer? My answer was going to be D, 1296 megahertz. 1.2 gigahertz. Because that's up closer because, to the microwave? Well, that's the highest frequency. Yeah, that's closer to the microwave. That's what I was... Uh-huh. That was my reasoning there. However... Let's see what the real answer is. What is there, What are they saying in the chat room? Uh, they're all saying it's D. Let's find out. So I was in good company there. I no, there was some A's and C's in there too. And a B. Oh, wow. I got busted on that one. And just to see if we can get a little more information on it, I'm going to pull out Gordo's technician class study material The Book, material book of here. Gordo. The Book of Gordo. And let's just see what he had to say about that. Because uh, he said, we call maximum permissible exposure MPE. Every radio frequency has different effects on the body, but the common technician class ham radio 6 meter band At 50 megahertz, requires added distance between you and the transmitting antenna. As long as your uh, 6-meter antenna is more than 20 feet away from you at modest power levels, you're going to live to a ripe old (laughs) age without problems from your radio hobby. Never put any type of ham radio antenna within 5 feet of your smiling face or body. That's kind of hard to do with a handy talking, That's true. And a rubber duck. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, Gordo is saying six meters is you know, the really one Gordo we can stand the correct. least of. That's and really
1: interesting. That is interesting. How did we not know that? If we knew how we didn't know it, we probably didn't
0: have known it. They may not have had this question on there when we took the exams.
1: I don't know. I don't recall it. I don't recall it either. But that's uh, that's very interesting. I'm going to have to look and see why that's the case. Yep. Let me ask you a hard one then.
0: Okay. Hit me. What is the maximum power level that an amateur radio station may use at VHF frequencies before an RF exposure evaluation is required?
1: We may get a double buzzer here.
0: A, 1500 watts PEP transmitter output. B,
1: 1 watt forward power. C, 50 watts PEP at the antenna. D, 50 watts PEP reflected power. Hmm. What is the maximum power level that an amateur radio station may use at VHF frequencies before an RF exposure evaluation is required? RF exposure evaluation at VHF. Uh, I would think it's way less than 1,500 watts. And one one watt's very low. Just so happens that most uh, VHF rigs are about 50 watt out anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. If you got fifty watts of reflected power, you pretty well got a dead short. So the answer's got to be C: fifty watts peak envelope power at the antenna. Charlie, okay, that's gonna—that's my reasoning. However twisted it is, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, they're guessing different
0: things over here in Are the they? chat room. Yep. We got some A's and we got some C's and we
1: got a D. I can't get you to change your mind. I'm not going to change it. I may be wrong, but I think that's right. Just yeah. From you were right. Oh wow. I was I was
0: hoping to get you in the buzzer club with me. Yeah, well, I've
1: been way. in the buzzer club a couple of times.
0: <laughs> well, apparently not not in this one we're having tonight. Not, not Well,
1: so are far. we finished?
0: No, I don't think. But
1: we are. I mean, that's I just reason it out. That that seems to make sense, right? Reasoning? Apparently it did. It must have yep. worked. Because I, I did not know the answer to the question when we got it. Well, I knew D was definitely wrong. <clears throat> uh-huh. D, you got a bad, pretty bad problem. Yeah. If You got 50 watts of reflected power. Mm-hmm. But f- 50 watts PEP makes
0: sense. One watt is so low that that's not going to be mm. a big concern to you on VHF because our handy talkies are 5 watts. mm mm-hmm. Uh fifteen hundred watts PEP, yeah, you know that's that's gonna be high enough that you need to consider um Exposure exposures. Amounts. So fifty watts, yeah, it makes makes good sense there. It's kinda in the middle. Why don't you tell them about uh what we're doing special at Dayton this year?
1: Yeah, we're um this year if you wear your amateur logic swag, uh we are gonna give away some of our private stash want to show them what your private stash is yeah show them what the private stash is a pl gold a gold pl 259 for everybody wearing the amateur logic swag and while supplies last this actually works for ham college also it doesn't have to be just uh, amateur logic so either either show will do and um anyway you can get yours here we've got hats t-shirts sweatshirts jackets Uh, Several things there, and uh, I actually have a list of things like uh, VE, Hamcoge VE shirts that are going to get on there sometime here in the near future. Some other suggested uh, things I have on the list. Well, we got two questions left. Two whole questions. Two
0: whole questions, and I think this is one of them right here. What type of conductor is best to use for RF grounding? A round stranded wire,
1: B round copper clad steel wire, B twisted pair cable, or D flat strap. Oh, this sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, we it? did discuss this when we were showing these uh, grounded mm-hmm. cables and so forth earlier. So, who, what do you think? Well, since since how we actually talked about this earlier, the answer is going to actually be the flat. Uh, strap. Flat and, strap, and the reason for that is because what we discussed with the skin mm-hmm. effect and most of the current flowing on the outside yep. of the wire, not down the center of it, like you would. This right think. here, or this right here, the braid. Yeah, it's got a lot more surface area than something like this. Quite a bit. Yep. So, so should be easy enough to remember on that one. Yeah, just remember the skin
0: effect. You've seen flat strap now, so it should should be easy enough to remember. Okay, the one final question, Tommy. And you can ask me this one, and hopefully I won't get another buzzer.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's a long one, too. Which of these precautions should be taken when installing devices for lightning protection in a coaxial cable feed line? A, include a parallel bypass switch. For each protector so it can be switched out when the circuit of the circuit when running high power. B include a series switch in the ground
0: line for each protector to prevent RF overload from inadvertently
1: damaging the protector. C keep the ground wires from each protector separate and connected to station ground. Rd ground all of
0: the protectors to a common plate which is In turn, connected to an external ground. Well, I think we have kind of talked about this a little bit tonight, too, but let's just let me just go over this one again to be sure. Which of these precautions should be taken when installing devices for lightning protection in a coaxial cable feed line? Well, first, uh, what kind of device would you use for protection in a coaxial? Uh, feed line something like this right here it's the uh this is a mfj what is the number on this one 270 this is a gas suppressor type surge suppressor there's a, a gas discharge tube in here uh you hook your rig on one end with the pl259 the antenna on the other end and there's a place to hook a ground right here too. Oh. And when the the lightning flashes across there, you know there's a gas um, little gas tube in there. And normally it won't discharge with with normal RF energy, but if something higher comes along, a spike, that um, it'll break down that gas and the the arc gap that's in the gas there will
1: short out and uh, short it to ground there. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I had no idea they had that. I, I, yeah. I, I'm not surprised because they, they have everything yeah. there, but
0: there, there's a lot of cool. different types of these. But this is pretty know, effective, pretty, pretty common one here. I think so. Yeah, I think think they're fairly effective. Cool. Uh, so that's what we're talking about. Something like this. There's other things too, but uh, this is pretty typical. That's, uh, that's let's see. A, include a parallel bypass switch for each protector. No, you wouldn't want to put a bypass switch on a protector. Or it's not going to protect anything. Uh, B, include a series switch in the ground line for each protector. No, you don't put a switch in your surge protectors. Uh, C, keep the ground wires from each protector separate and connected to station ground. Um, no, that's not really the answer, too. You know, we talked about that earlier. You've got a special...
1: Little device over there, just for that. This, this uh, ground ground do bus. It? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's like I said, it's a nice one too, man. Ground
0: all the protectors to a common plate, which is in turn connected to an external ground, and that's exactly what that's designed to do. That's right your there. common plate. hmm
1: Got holes drilled in it. Yeah. And These little bolts with uh, mm-hmm. way to hook up your ground, ground wires.
0: Ground wires or
1: or, or these uh, terminals, crimp-on mm-hmm. or, crimp or solder-on type terminals. So I'm going to say nice. it's D. Okay. Would you agree? I would.
0: Okay, well, let's see. There we go. Ground all the protectors to a common plate, which is in turn connected to an external ground. Just like that plate from DX Engineering. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, Tommy, we got through all the questions tonight with only uh, one error. My first ever buzz on the show here.
1: It was inevitable to happen sooner or later. Well, it don't, was. Don't
0: take it feel personal. Well, I I think I can still pass the exam though. <laughs>
1: you probably can. Because I don't I think, think there is but nine questions left. Since you uh, mentioned passing the exam, and mm-hmm. nine questions left, what are we going to do next month? Well, next month. Um, I guess we're going to cover those nine questions.
0: And maybe we ought to talk about things to do to prepare for your exam.
1: Sounds like a pretty good thing to talk about. I think so. Uh,
0: So that's the plan for next month. Okay, before we go, Tommy, what do we want to mention?
1: Uh, We'll mention again, get your swag at amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com and wear it to Dayton Hamvention. And be sure and look us up and get your gold. P.L. 259, while yep. supplies last. If if we see you, you we gotta we, we gotta got gotta, you, gotta or, see you, or with, you gotta uh, say hello to us. And, yeah, we need to remember to take a picture of us yep, with everybody that we do. uh, that does that. So. And you said you would remember it, so to take the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't remember saying that. Duh. See, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. yep.
0: The other thing, our social networks, and you talked about them a moment ago.
1: Yeah. We, uh, we've we got the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups slash amateurlogic.tv. We also have a Ham College group on Facebook. And uh, we've also got Amateur Logic and Ham College groups on Google+. Plus. Yeah. And we're on Twitter with the Twitter accounts.
0: And you can follow us at Ham College or at AmateurLogic.
1: Yep. So you probably want to do that, uh, especially during while Dayton's on, um, keep an eye on those, because if, if bandwidth works out, I'm going to post some, some interesting uh, okay. pictures or videos, I hope, if everything works out. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Also, don't forget about
0: the show notes that our friend n 9 lvs does for us, AmateurLogic.tv slash wiki. There you'll find the show notes. For each episode of Amateur Logic as well as Ham College. Yep, yeah, especially thanks to him for taking care of that. Yep. So I guess with that, we might as well say uh, good night, Tommy.
1: And good night, Tommy. Good night, George. Good night, everybody.
0: 7 3 everybody. Have a good week. What should members of a tower work crew, see we're getting there now, where, let me How about when? Again. Yeah. When should members of a tower work crew, did I say group, work group?
1: Yeah. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Make sure that all bands in the ground wires are clean right angle, oh, are clean right angle bends. Let me read that again. Make sure that all band all bends. Why don't you read that again? Why don't I read that again? What is considered to be a proper grounding method for a tower? A, a single four-foot ground rod. This is deja vu, man. We already did this one.